Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Arsenal Agenda series on deadline day. Joining us at 10am uh, this Friday morning. Uh, very happy to be joined by, as always, Umar. How are you doing, mate? You good, Yeah, I'm not bad. We were just speaking and I was saying to you, it's a bit weird, a bit stupid that it's deadline day just before uh, a round of fixtures. Like, I don't get it. Mm. I think it's a bit silly. But yeah, apart from that, I'm okay. <laughs> It's the way the cookie crumbles, mate. Um, because it's just I don't like the way the cookie is. crumbles, though. <laughs> <laughs> Being on a diet, I'd love a cookie to crumble right into my mouth, to be honest. But uh, none of that. Um, all healthy green stuff instead. But uh, yeah, there is uh, there is plenty to discuss, despite there not necessarily being a lot happening, which is right. the kind of the main talking point at the moment. We are at this point in time, 10 a.m. Uh, UK time on deadline day. There is uh, just over 12 hours left. Looking at the clock now on the screen, yeah, just over 12 hours, uh, 13 hours uh, left of uh, this uh, this window. And it doesn't, Umar, still at this moment in time, look like we're going to be signing anybody. Has your mind changed? Are you expecting any surprises or is it going to be a very quiet one for us today? Yeah, if I'm honest, um, sorry for everyone in the chat box, but I don't think Arsenal are going to make any signings uh, on their down there. I just think it's too quiet. I think um, if they were going to sign a player, it would have been done a few weeks ago. Post uh, Timber's injury, I think Arteta, Edu, they're not um, individuals who like to take a risk in terms of um, making panic signings. Um, you may disagree with that. You may think it's wrong. Um, everyone has their opinions. But obviously, due, down to Arteta and Edu, I just don't think they're going to make a panic signing. And I think they're going to look in terms of what's available uh, in the market right now, in terms of fees, in terms of loan options. And they're probably thinking to themselves, look, um, we've got a squad here capable of challenging Manchester City. Again, maybe the wrong decision, but I just can't see anything happen. I think it's going to be more um, outgoings today, Rob Holding, Sambi Lokonga, etc. But yeah, it's an interesting one. It's disappointing personally, uh, because I would have liked to see an Arsenal strengthen um, defensively um, after Timber's injury. I think they look a bit weaker on the defensive side of things. We spoke yesterday, Tom Yasu, Thomas Partey, they're going to be going away on international duty in January. Zinchenko's availability, his injury record is not the best. Tom Yasu's. So Arsenal do look a bit light defensively, but one option that people not may not be uh, talking about a lot. Maybe Mikulata sees Declan Rice as a potential centre-back cover. Like he's, he's played there before. He's got the ability to do a job there. And I know you're laughing. <laughs> you're, you're laughing. But, laughing yeah. but you, you just never know what Mikulata is thinking. He probably thinks that he can do a job similar to what John, John Stones uh, was doing for Manchester City last season. That inverted centre-back role, dropping into midfield. So Mikulata are he does have solutions in his mind that we're probably not privy about. But if you're asking me if I'm disappointing, yes, but name me any names out there that we could have bought today that would have been, um, like, that would have strengthened us. I think I'm in the position in the mindset, I don't want to sign players like Eric Garcia because I don't think they're good enough for this football club. I don't think mm. they're good enough for this football club. So don't bring them yeah. to Arsenal just for the sake of it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because 
There is potential, you know, and the headline today, as you'll see, Rob Holding is being targeted quite heavily by Crystal Palace. They are, they've become favourites, as, as I understand it, to be, um, you know, the, the people that sign potentially Rob today. There is other interest from Premier League and clubs in Spain as well. So there is an expectation that, that Rob could leave the club today, um, which would leave us even shorter in defence um, than we are right now. And again, leave us weaker in, a, in an area of the squad that, you know, we absolutely need to strengthen. It really sucks that Yuri uh, Timber is is out um, for the long term because that was a really, really good signing for Arsenal. You know, it was arguably the best defensive option we could have bought this summer and we pulled it off. The same as the best midfielder we could have bought this mm-hmm. summer, Beckham Rice, we bought. So that's two areas where we signed the best possible player and our priority signing yeah. in those two areas. And, you know, David Raya, arguably the best goalkeeper we could have signed. You know, I know people might say Andre Nana, but I think, you know, if you had to pick between the two, I think I'd rather David Raya. So that's three areas of the squad where we've signed the best possible option. But one of those has been ripped away from us because of injury. And that that is a real big frustration, um, you know, for us. And I think to get to January with um, Kivior, Gabriel, Saliba, White, Zinchenko and Tomiyasu is going to take a monumental amount of, of fortune, uh, I think, to, to not experience injuries, to not experience potentially even fatigue uh, in those areas. Do you think that you mentioned Rice as a solution. Um, I'm not as keen, you know, on, on that idea. But do you think that maybe someone like Raw Waters is being looked at as an option as well? Yeah, maybe. Uh, we spoke about it yesterday. Um, it seems that he's been in and around the first team set up for, for quite a while now. Um, it seems that Mikel Ateta is a fan. Obviously, he's gone um, to the preseason tours over in the States. He was in the winter training camp in Dubai. Um I think uh, last January, I think it was uh, post-World Cup, before the World Cup, I can't remember. So he's been in and around the first team. And if I'm honest, I'd rather see Rule Waters be given an opportunity than keep someone like Rob Holding. Because it, I know Rob Holding is an experienced player, etc. But I've seen what Rob Holding's capable of in the last two seasons. Um, obviously, when we were going for the Champions League places, we suffered injuries and he came in. And I think... It was um, a hindrance to Arsenal's Champions League hopes. And then obviously Tottenham got the top four position. And we saw it last season when we were going for the title. William Saliba picked up an injury. Tomiyasu picked up an injury. Holding came into the team. And again, we looked far weaker. And I just don't think he fits the system. He doesn't fit the philosophy and he doesn't fit the style of where Arsenal are now playing at. And I I respect him. Um, I I think he's a good character to have in the dressing room. But... Good characters, if I'm honest, more often than not, they don't win you trophies. <laughs> good players win you trophies. So we have to be ruthless in that regard. And Rule Waters is an interesting one because I've seen clips on social media. People are still a bit hesitant um, in terms of chucking in a, a youngster in the deep end. But I think that's, that's that's never a bad thing. I think you you see what a youngster is capable of doing when you chuck them in the deep end and you're like, okay, now show me what you can do. You've seen it in the past with youngsters that have come um, from the academy into the first team setup, Bakaya Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, the Jack Wilshers uh, of this world, and they've proved to be a success. So why can't Rule Walters do it? You saw Manchester City. um, It was a shock 
uh, I think last season when Cancelo, they sold him to Bayern Munich on, on loan. And everyone was thinking, what's Pep Guardiola doing? He's crazy. But what did he do? He, he knew what he was doing, to be honest. He brought in Rico Lewis. And I think Rico, Rico Lewis, for a couple of he transformed Manchester City's back line. He, he was a very good addition. And we're not necessarily sitting here and saying, Rude Walters is going to start games. But if there is an opportunity and if someone needs a breather or someone needs um, minutes in the Carabao Cup, you said it yesterday against Brentford, play him. See what you can do. Let, let, let's give him a run out because you said it yesterday. There's an opportunity now with Julian Timber's injury. What's the point of spending 50, 60 million pounds and bringing someone in to replace Timber when in seven months' time, Timber's going to come back and that money could be seen as a waste, in my opinion. I would only have done it if someone like Simakan was available, if there's an opportunity there. But again, we don't know what the situation with Leipzig is. Maybe they don't want to sell him. So, yeah, Rule Waters is an interesting one. I think you said it yesterday. Two players or three players that potentially could break into the Arsenal first team, he's one of them, alongside uh, Nomanieri. So, yeah, I'd rather him get an opportunity than someone like Rob Holding, uh, stay, but yeah, it would have been nice to sign defensive cover potentially on loan. I like Kyle Walker Peters, I think he's got um good style to his game, good variation, can play in two positions comfortably. But Mikelateta maybe has a plan. And look, we love players from Hale End um making a, a breakthrough into the first team. So if Rob Waters can do that, I think more, more, more Arsenal fans would be delighted with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, you know, I know that six defenders, Basher says here, six defenders only is suicidal one injury and we'll be in trouble. We play on Saturday, Wednesday, party, Sunday. Party's included in that as well now. Yeah, he, he is technically an option for us in that area. But also you have to consider the fact that, you know, ideally our best 11 is with him in midfield. Um, I would say, you know, if you're going, like the weekend, where are you playing Partey? Midfield. Midfield. So whilst you're right to suggest that he is at the moment an option for us in that position, even though the majority of supporters aren't the biggest fans of it. And I, you know, I see the method in it, but, mm. you know, in our biggest games, I want to see us using part in midfield. And if Tommy Asso and Saliba get an injury like they did simultaneously last season, you know, we don't even have Rob Holding then to come in, you know, mm. potentially, like we did last season. I don't mind that. Uh, I know you don't, but it's 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 depth, you know. And if you've got Carabao Cup games that you need to rotate for, Champions League games, you know, if we have that that game against Lons and, and we need to rotate for that or whatever, you know, that's really important to consider. So I just find it a little bit disappointing that we've not brought that defender in. What I would say is that even though we've been talking here about you know Benjamin Henricks and Simakan and you know players like this. RB Leipzig have gone on record saying that they're not willing to sell players now at this point in the window. So you can probably write those players off. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether they would have been two weeks ago, I don't know. It's difficult to know. We've had, you know, just less than three weeks since the timber injury to to find somebody. I looked at Tyler Adams potentially as someone, you know, who can yeah. play right back, can play right mid, can play centre mid, available for 20 million. Yeah. You know, that might have been a, a shrewd bit of business by Arsenal, um, potentially. And and there's a piece actually that's just gone out with myself and Josh Holland talking about the regrets that we have in this window on players that we could have signed um, instead of players that we've got or, you know, just in addition to what we've got. But I, I still think, I think there's a lot of um, 
negativity around the end of this window. But I do want to look back on the window positively because we've done some really, really good things. You know, Declan Rice, as I mentioned, brilliant signing. Uri and Timber, despite the injury, you know, when you look at it in the context of just the signing, without mm. knowing he was going to get injured, yeah, really, yeah, really bad luck. Yeah. Brilliant signing. David Raya on loan, an amazing bit of business by Adu. You know, getting, you know, 40 million euros for Balogun with a 17.5% sell-on clause, great sale. Um, getting more than 20 million quid for Granit Xhaka, great sale. Being able to get profit on Turner. The suggestions that Nuno Tavares' loan has an option which could see that deal go up to 16 million pounds if Forrest were to activate that next mm. summer, which would be more than double what we paid for him. Yeah. You know, so... Trusty's gone, Marie's gone, getting us extra funds as well. We're getting sell-on clause benefits from Genduzi and Mavropanos's moves, potentially Awobi as well if he moves to mm. Fulham today. There's talk that that deal could happen. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of positives to look at in this window. It's just ended in frustration. And I think that maybe we've got to that stage of the window again where we're looking around and I'm not sure that the options have been there. And I agree with you. I'd rather... You know, signing someone for the sake of signing them. Yeah, I just yeah. is that any better than Rob Holding? Do you know what I mean? Is that yeah, any better not. than having someone like Rob Holding? I'm not sure that it is. It's not. I think fans like um, a shiny toy, um, and I think they always have that obsession. Uh, and I used to be like that as well. Um, always when the transfer uh, market opened, you want that player. You want, and once you sign that player, it's like it's done. It's dusted. Let's get the next player. Let's get the next player. But at the end of the day, Mikrate has a responsibility to now coach these players. And that's his job at the end of the day, is to be a manager and is to make these better, make these players sorry, better and improve them on the training pitch. So when it's, once it's the weekend, they're performing at a high level. Once it's the Champions League games, they're playing at a high level. So now the onus is on Mikrate. I think it's fine margins for me. Like if Timber doesn't get injured, this window is 9 out of 10, maybe 10 out of 10, if we're being serious. The only cover that you could probably say Arsenal probably need after all those four signings would be Bakaya Saka, um, competition for him. But again, you, you could probably um, be all right with that because you've got Reese Nelson, you've got Gabriel Jesus who can do that job as well. But if Timber doesn't get injured, Arsenal's window is, is successful. It, it's out of this world. Four top players, four international players, and you've trimmed the squad as well. But because he's got injured, I think that's where the frustration comes. And it's unfortunate. It's bad luck. These things can happen. So I think that's where the frustration comes from Arsenal fans. They're a bit worried that there may be light in that department. But when you look in and around Europe, Timber, I think he's a unique player. He's a unique player. I look in and around Europe. Who's, who's a player like Timber in Europe? Simakan, maybe? Not even Simakan, because you know Simakan. he's he's more of a centre half than Timber is. Yeah, that's what I mean. No, I can't see any other. Henrik is like the only one who can play. I look at go, he can play right or left, but he's nowhere near. He's as nowhere good near as the quality. Exactly. No, he's nowhere near the he's quality. A level or two below Timber. Yeah, Timber. So, like I said, there's no point bringing a player just for the sake of it. But yeah, I think now now once the uh, window closes today, later on today, I think now the onus will be on Mikel Arteta. There can't be any excuses. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. There can't be any excuses. Yeah. Is, is there an element, do you think, that Arteta would have wanted somebody, but the club have not been able to give him that? Do you think it's Arteta's decision to not sign anyone else? Or do you think he would have wanted someone else? 
I think it's Arteta's decision not to sign anyone else. Really? Because I've yeah. heard rumours that he's wanted some other player. I know you're not a fan of Eric Garcia, but I've seen suggestions that he would have been keen, but Edu wasn't. I don't know that, by the way. I've just seen some rumours circulating. Edu knows what he's doing then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's, but then it's, you can't say it's Arteta's choice, you know, if that's true, to not yeah. sign anyone else. Yeah, but I think... If, I think they talk about players, they talk about cover. Look, it's done. It is what's happened. I think Arsenal and the Kronke, the mm. ownership, they forked out a lot of money this window. They've gone above and beyond to improve this squad. And fair play to them because a couple of seasons ago, I never expected Arsenal to be forking £100 million for a player of Declan Rice's standard. Brilliant signing. Timber, excellent signing. Kai Havertz, again, the uh, people are still on the fence. But they forked out sixty-five million pounds for for a German international, someone uh, someone who's got international pedigree. David Raya, a clever signing. So Mikel Arteta, you can't sit there and say Arsenal have not done enough for him because they have. They have. Now it's his responsibility to basically coach, be on the training pitch, and improve this squad. Arsenal have got a favourable draw in the Champions League as well, a really favourable draw. Let's see rotation in that competition. Let's see opportunities be given to Emil Smith-Rowe, Fabio Vieira, etc. Mikel Arteta, I want to see him now evolve as a manager. I want him to basically be in a position where he's not only focusing on one competition. Arsenal have got avenues this season to win one of the cup competitions. We need to go far in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. And we need a good run in the Champions League. It's a Europa League draw, to be honest. Yeah. Arsenal should be topping that. That group should be over in the fourth game. Yeah, if, yeah, I agree. Be. I think there isn't a game in that. You know, I know we lost to PSV last year. Um, they're weaker. In the they don't have Xavi Simmons. They don't have Gakpo. Um, and it's the Royce one. Yeah, they they are bringing in Hervin Lozano. Bakayoko is expected to still be there. Yeah. Um, Sangare. Um, yeah, I, look, there are some other. They've got some good players, and there's a reason why they're in the Champions League. But again, like like last year, even with Gatpo and Simmons, like I felt like we should have beaten. You know, we yeah. I, I felt we, we really comfortably beat them at the Emirates. You yeah. know, when we played them, we dominated that game. Um, I remember, yeah, I had a funny story about that game. I remember catching up with Gakpo after the game because he thought I was going to go up and try and take a selfie with him. But no, the journalist in me was running up with my dictaphone ready to uh, get a question or two into him. And, you know, I think that with PSV this year, they're an interesting side. I think that Lonza and it are going to probably be the 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 weakest of the group because without Fafana and without Appenda, yes, they brought in El Uahi, but I think Fafana was massive, absolutely mm. massive for them. And Appenda was obviously a massive goal scorer is it for them as well. I think they've drawn one, lost two, or the other way lost one, drawn two. So um, this in the relegation zone as well. Yeah, they're winless this season so far yeah. in, in Liga. So um and Sevilla are tough, but, you know, I think at home, away from home, they're not great. At home, they're good. But they're this so, season, they've struggled so far. And yeah, again, I think we're going up against three teams that have got their vices and we should be winning, even with the rotation, the majority of those games. And so that means that we can and could have rotated, but we may not be able to rotate in defence as much as we wanted to because we don't have the numbers, um, which is a frustration, but it's the reality. I think that William Saliba is going to be lent on very, very heavily this season. And with that back question mark, how is he going to respond to that? Is he going to be able to do that? That is a big, big question mark. Um, Smith, who I'm hoping gets the minutes that he needs. 
Um, and I hope that it's also a great opportunity for Kai Havertz to kind of find his form and footing as well in the squad. That's going to be really, really important. What would you rate if we don't sign anybody and holding leaves? Cedric and Pepe eventually go because, of course, the Saudi windows open a little bit longer. So I think you could, and the Turkish window as well, you might see Pepe leave for one of those two nations after the English deadline closes. What would you rate this at a 10? Seven. Yeah. So I, I I agree with that. If Timber was fully fit, what would you have rated it? Nine. Yeah. I said that as well. And and I was I'm like exactly spot on with you about that. And I'm being told it's, it's fine like margins. Fives. It's fine I'm margins, being given man. fives, mate. It's unfortunate. That's what it is. It's bad luck. Like yeah. even even when I see pictures of Timber scroll up on my Twitter feed, um, I get upset. I'm like, yeah. why did he have to get injured? So good to have him. Yeah. So so good. So, so and there's also going to be question marks about now, like how he returns from this injury. You know, it's not just about oh, we get him back in March onwards. You know, and that's mm. seven months away from the injury, so it could be March onwards because seven to nine months is the projected uh, timescale yeah. for ACL recoveries. But it's just so gutting um, yeah. that we've lost such because he was he took things to another level in that you know in that defensive fullback area okay. for me you know and arguably in centre half as well because he allowed Ben White to be used. <laughs> And, you know, Gabriel to have more depth with Saliba and White there. He was, he's better than Tom Yasu. He's better than, um, I think he's a better fullback than Ben White potentially. And that's mm. saying something because Ben White's fantastic. But I think he offered he's potentially a big game more. player as well. He's a big game Yeah, player. he's absolutely a big game player. I think Zinchenko, in his own words, said that yeah. he thinks Tim might be better than him. <laughs> so that's, that's what we're dealing with the loss of here. And that's why I agree with you that I think the windows are seven if we don't react to that injury. It would have been a nine if we had of, you know, had him for all of this season. Um, and that's what's so gutting is that I think there's going to be such a negative spin on this mm -hmm. window now when actually the work that we did to get the deals that we did do done was so good. And perhaps if we'd have done all of the deals that we've done in you know, late July, early August, and it was fresher in people's minds, the Rice signing and the Timber signing and the uh, the Havertz signing and the Raya signing, even though Raya was quite late. If all of those deals were slightly later, maybe we're a bit of a victim of our own proactivity yeah. in doing those deals really you early. You can't complain that as an Arsenal fan, you can't complain. I'm it? not complaining yeah. about no, no, it. I like, I know. early, but I'm but saying Arsenal that's why there's do. that reaction. But Arsenal fans yeah. do complain about it. I told yeah. you, it's like a shiny toy. Those toys, they've got them and they want to get the next toy. They want to get the next toy. They want to get the next toy. But there comes a time when the shop is closed, folks. Like, you can't keep getting toys just because you want um, a new player. I think mm. Arsenal have done really well. I've asked for a long time for Arsenal to be proactive in the transfer market, to complete their business on time, be early, be quick. And they've done it. So I can't sit here and complain. And I think most Arsenal fans can't. Yes, you can mm. complain in terms of the fact that maybe they could be a bit more reactive due to Timber's injury. But then there's an argument to be had, name a couple of players out there that can make the same impact as Julian Timber. It goes both ways. It's just a breaking news for you. Um, dropping, not Arsenal related, um, unfortunately. But uh, apparently Chelsea have made another bid for another player. Um, Antonio Nusa, who's Club Bruges, 18-year-old left winger. That's the 30... 25 that's, million pounds. But apparently he said paid. no. I read, I read in the morning he said no to the... Really? Oh, I've just I've just seen um, a report coming out at 10.16am, so 10 minutes ago. Um, 
Where are these players? Apparently, the player, player wants to stay at Club Bruges, so yeah, Chelsea yeah. simply wants to close the deal before other clubs pick him up. So maybe it's a loan back potentially. I don't understand but what Chelsea. It's another doing. another deal for Chelsea, um, and I think that in itself, I think Chelsea's presence of what they've done in this window is is only going to also frustrate you know Arsenal fans seeing them do what they're doing. Um, but let's be honest, they spent so much money and they ended up bottom half of the table last season. So let's not act like money equals success because it they won't doesn't. Finish above. They won't finish above Arsenal this season. No? You don't think so? No. I agree. Um, so, yeah. I, it's just... What do you think also about the fact that we've not been able to find any cover? I know we're going on a bit longer than I said, but like, how do you feel about the Saka coverage and the the fact that we didn't get a signing in that position because I wanted a forward and we didn't because that's you know we talk about it being a seven if it was Timber if Timber was fit it'd be a nine what would have made it a ten for me is if we'd have got that forward in as well definitely definitely I think I, I I'm very like in full agreement in terms of that I think um, after all those four signings the next position that I wanted was cover for Bukayo Saka but yeah. when I talk about cover I don't necessarily mean someone that's going to sit on the bench. And just replace him when he needs a breather. I want someone mm. to come in and that can basically scare Bakaya Saka. Think to himself, mm. look, if I don't play one week um, at a high level, I know someone on the bench that can potentially take my place, if that makes sense. Like, again, so it's a player I don't want to sign just for the sake of it. Uh, I want uh, a forward that's going to come in, that's going to make a name for himself, that's going to try and stake a claim in the first yeah. team setup, and which is going to compete with Bukayo Saka week in, week out. Similar to what David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale are doing uh, in the goalkeeping uh, positions. They're fully at it every single week on the training pitches, and they know um, that if they're not at it one week, Ramsdale makes a mistake um, in a game, he knows... He's going to look on the bench and David Raya will be staring at him and thinking to himself, look, I'm, I'm going to take your place the next week. So, but again, who's out there? There are names out there, but are they at the level of Bakar Saka? I'll give you an example. No, no one I'll is. Give, I'll give you an example. Sorry. I'll give you an example. At the start of the window, when there was next to Rafael Liao, yeah, before he signed that contract mm-hmm. with Milan, I would have loved to sign Rafael Liao. And I know some people might be sitting here saying, what about Gabriel Martinelli? What about Gabriel Martinelli? Rafael Liao would have taken Gabriel Martinelli's game to the next level. Rafael Liao, um, versatile, someone that can come in, play in a number of positions. But again, competition. Imagine having those two players fighting out for, for the left-sided um, position. It would have been brilliant. It would have been brilliant. Like, look at Liverpool's attack. Jota, Nunez. Mohamed Salah, Cody Gakpo, um, uh, Luis Diaz. Mm. Five top players and only three yeah. can play. And I still finished outside the Champions League places. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like it's bring, yeah. in a player, bring in a player that's going to compete with our forwards, that are going to push them all the way. Don't just mm. sign any other player that's going to be like a backup. Do you know what's ironic about that group though, Umar? Is that who is the competitor for Salah on the right wing? Because Gakpo, Jota, Diaz, nine, yeah. are all and Nunez are either centre forwards or left sided players. Yeah. And that's the thing about the right wing is that the right wing is so bereft of real exactly. talent on the exactly. market. It's true. The only player that I really thought was there was Mohamed Kudus. Like he was the only Definitely. player I looked at exactly. and thought yeah, yeah. that's the player that we could have got. I think the reason why we didn't is because of A, the injury to Timber switched focuses somewhat. 
and B, because we haven't been quick enough or haven't been able to get mm. players out quick enough in the window. And that's down to, you know, a lot of people finger pointing at uh, Edu for not getting those players out. If you haven't got the offers coming in at the end of the day, you can't bring out players you know, fast enough. People can't moan about the money for Balogun and then say, you know, Edu's not good the enough when the Arsenal was waiting to see if we'd get a bigger offer for Balogun. Mm. So you can't have it both ways. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Factually. Just but I think I think it's a good thing that Eddie and Ketia has made a strong start to the season mm. because this Sunday for me Eddie and Ketia starts in the number nine position, and I think that allows opportunities. Say you want to um, rotate in a certain game, Champions League game, Gabriel Jesus can go out on the right hand side and give Bakar Saka a breather, and Eddie and Ketia, I have faith mm. that he's more comfortable now being Arsenal's number nine uh, striker. So again. Different profiles, different positions. I think Guna, Jake in the comments said Musa Diaby. He would have been a decent signing as well. But again... Yeah, but why would he come to Arsenal now he's not going to play? Exactly. Yeah. Kudus at least has like a bit of versatility yeah. in his game. I think he can Kudus play in a number of positions. Move, yeah. yeah. It is what it is, isn't it? Kudus is the miss for me. Uh, that's, that's the one that I say, you know... Uh, I, I think we might regret the most this window uh, is not signing Kudus. Um... But uh, if you'd have asked me would I have rather Arsenal signed a defender or, or a white winger, it would have been a defender um, after the injury to Timber, without a doubt. So, yeah, that's that's where my frustration is. That's why it takes my rating of this window from a nine if Timber was available down to a seven. because And, and only a defender. It wouldn't have brought it back up to a nine, by the way. It would have taken it to about an eight if we'd have brought in you know, a, yeah. a Henrik-style player. You know, and if we still do something crazy between now and the end of the window, uh, just a couple of things just to round off the show. I, we won't talk about these; we're losing out on time. But a total agreement apparently has been reached between Barcelona, Atletico Madrid for Joao Felix. That's according to Luis Rojo um, uh, at Marca. Uh, which is interesting to see if that deal gets done. I don't know how they're going to get this Raul Cancelo deal done with Felix and <laughs> fit financial fair play. Maybe Cancelo's one to watch if Arsenal put a cheeky Never loan know. bid in. One to watch, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know if Arsenal would do that, but yeah, that's, that's potentially one. Um, Spurs are considering a move for Lloyd Kelly from Bournemouth, which is very interesting and not particularly that scary. Um, Fulham look like they're losing Palinia to Bayern Munich, which of course is frustrating from an Arsenal <laughs> perspective because why they didn't exactly. sell him before they played us. I, that puts me banking on Fulham to be one of my favourites to go down. I think the Palinia is half the celebra- of that team, His celebration as well is like... Yeah, I know. He just likes football. Like, you yeah. know. And Charlie Patino has been called up for the England under-21s um, for the first time for the uh, under-21 Euro qualifiers uh, against Luxembourg. So... Um, Congratulations to Charlie Patino. I hope that he has a, a fantastic one. Um, we'll have more content for you coming throughout the day. Of course, you can keep up to date of all of the breaking stories on the Football.London website and our live transfer blog. We've got pieces coming out throughout the day. I'm sure there'll be more video content as well. We might, is that correct? Coming out throughout the day? Yeah, we will do. We will do. Lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat box for tuning in. Very much appreciate it. Do drop a like on the video, subscribe, help us on our way to 100,000 subscribers. An absolute pleasure joining you every morning throughout this window. And don't worry, once the window is closed, you'll still be getting shows for us at 10 a.m. weekdays. Um, but yes, we'll see you again very, very soon. Have a fantastic day. And as always, keep following us down at the Arsenal way. Oh,